the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It doesn't take long when you study the New Testament to realize the Apostle Paul, more often than not, had moments of severe doubt as to whether or not he was actually called to what he was called to do. We'll explore that dynamic of the Apostle Paul's life today here on Study Verse by Verse as we turn our attention to the book of 1 Corinthians. We'll also spend time in Acts chapter 18 as we see the founding of this church and some of the struggles that not only the church but its founding pastor went through. And along the way, we'll also understand just what it means to be called into this ministry of starting churches. Quite a thing, actually. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely, shall we? With today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse, as we begin our time looking at the authority the Apostle Paul carries with him in Scripture. Oftentimes, when we're talking with people, we will hear something like, well, that's just Paul's opinion. You know, that's just the opinion of uh, Paul. Well, if Paul is a man, which he is, then his opinion is of no more value than any one of our opinions. And, and so what the person is basically saying is, I'll listen to what Paul has to say, and then I'll evaluate it, and I'll accept it if I find it acceptable to me. Well, it's not just Paul's opinion. It's Scripture. It's God's opinion. Now, when Paul does give his personal opinion, as he does, for instance, in chapter 7, he identifies the source of that opinion as himself. 1 Corinthians seven twelve says, For the rest I say this, I, not the Lord. So what Paul is saying is, what I'm about to say is for me, not the Lord. I just want to make sure you understand that. So when Paul speaks his own opinion, he's identifying, this is my opinion. In order for us to study this book effectively, we must do so from the perspective that this is God's inspired word given through his apostle, not just the opinion of Paul. Now, we're in Acts chapter 18. You say, well, we're studying 1 Corinthians. Why are we looking at Acts chapter 18? Well, that's that's a good question. Acts chapter 18 describes the establishment of the new church, the church plant at Corinth. And it's appropriate for us to look at it because it'll give us some insight and understanding as to what was taking place in that church. But also, because we're coming up on our 50th anniversary and we're reflecting on uh, our history as a church, our church was planted at one time. And uh, there are some things that we can glean from uh, this, this passage. So Acts chapter 18, 1, uh, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Now, when Paul planted churches, he would move from one major city to the next, and there was a strategic reason for this. And the reason for this was that cities influence. Governments are located inside of cities. Educational institutions are located, for the most part, inside of cities. Major sporting events are located inside of cities. Centers for artistic expression, such as dance, theater, music, painting, are are most often located inside of cities. News that affects the entire community and information is brought to and delivered from cities. 
political power is concentrated in cities. It, it, when, a, when a decision, a law is passed that affects the land, it's usually the concentration of voters in a city, a major city, that make the decision that affects everybody. So cities are centers of influence. And to be an influence in a, in a place of influence, you've got to be in a city. And that's why Paul went to influential cities such as Athens and Corinth. Now, San Francisco is a city of great influence. Ron Walters tells us that, according to some studies, San Francisco may be one of the top four cities in the world in terms of influence. And that influence can be used for good or evil. Hayden Ashbury of the 60s influenced the world. And we as a church and as a Christian community want to influence San Francisco for good. God has put you and me here and now. And he wants us to be a Christian influence in this influential community. Verse 2, there he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all of the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. You know, God uses the unjust decisions of people in authority to accomplish his goals. Let me give you some examples. Uh, the older brothers of Joseph made an unjust decision to sell him into slavery. And as a result of that unjust decision, Joseph ended up in a place where he was later able to save his brothers and the family and provide a place of peace and prosperity for the family so that in 400 years it grew to a nation of several million You know, Pilate, along with the civil and religious leaders, made an unjust decision that sent an innocent man to the cross, a man named Jesus. And yet God used that unjust decision to fulfill his plan so that the Lamb of God might take away the sins of the world. Now, Claudius made an unjust decision that was racially motivated to kick the Jews out of Rome. And as a result, Aquila and Priscilla were right where God needed them and wanted them to be where they could provide support for this fledgling little church. There's an application for us. In life, there are times when unjust decisions come our way. It might be a matter of employment. It might be an employer that renders a decision to us that's not just. It might be a a landlord that renders a decision to us that's unjust. And we have a tendency to focus on the unjustness of the decision. But perhaps we might be better served by looking around and saying, hmm, I wonder if the Lord has put me here for a reason. How can I serve the Lord? Now, there's no indication in Scripture that Aquila or Priscilla were ordained to full-time ministry. It would seem that they were business people and uh, that their business was tent-making, and they used that business to support a, a pastor who needed income while he was getting a new church plant started. And no doubt they also used some of the profits from their business uh, to support that church. They were obviously quite knowledgeable of Scriptures because they helped Apollos uh, work out some theological misunderstanding. That story is told in Acts chapter 18, verse 24 and following. And and some of the people that are in our congregation are not full-time in ministry, but they're they're wonderful scholars and they're wonderful teachers. We have an accountant in our congregation who is very proficient at Greek. And, And oftentimes it's these people in our congregation that our pastors call upon for advice and clarification in various areas. You see, it doesn't take being full time in ministry to be worthy of mention in God's book or to get God's attention. When a person uses their talents and their tools and their treasure for for the work of of God's church, God notices. 
And these people are important to the church. We have hundreds of people that serve here in various roles, such as ushers and nursery care providers and Sunday school teachers and other essential roles so that this church can function. And they don't do it for a paycheck. They do it for the glory of God and the service to his church. Verse 4, every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ, that is the Messiah. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. We have a responsibility to tell those who don't know about Christ that salvation is available through Christ. Paul said, I've done my best. Your blood be on your own heads. I'm clear of my responsibility. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. And that was in fulfillment and correlates with what Jesus said in chapter 9 that described Paul's calling because he was God's chosen instrument to take his name before the Gentiles. Verse 7, Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. So Paul left the synagogue, walked outside, brushed himself off, looked around, saw the house next door and says, we're going to go there and start a church. And oftentimes, uh, church plants start in people's homes. And that was true also of Church of the Highlands. Fifty years ago, thereabouts, Highlands started in the home of Matt and Nancy Black. You know, facilities have always been a challenge to growing and dynamic churches. God has been so gracious to give us this wonderful shopping center for our main campus. And when we moved in, our first service was called the pillow service. We were a little congregation. We didn't, we didn't even have pews or chairs or anything. So people brought their pews and sat on the, on the floor right over there. And we looked around this place, and we thought it was huge. It was immense. What in the world are we doing here, you know? We're never going to need all of this space. Well, ten years later, we began turning Offices into classrooms and closets into offices. Uh, you know, we've been thinking about hiring staff four feet tall and shorter so we can stack them. It's, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is the Lord has really blessed us, and, and we have utilized all of the space in this facility to the very best of our ability for His glory and His work. And I would ask you to pray that the Lord will provide us suitable facilities for what He wants to accomplish in us and through us in the future. And verse 8, Crispus, the synagogue leader, uh, ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. So the leader of the synagogue believes in Jesus Christ. The synagogue doesn't accept Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecies, so he gets replaced by a gentleman named Sosthenes. We're going to learn about him a little bit more later. You know, founding pastors like the Apostle Paul, they're like the Marines of spiritual warfare. They're the first ones on the beach. They are the best of the best. They are the Navy SEALs. Uh, they are Delta Force. They are Chuck Norris, you know. <laughs> I mean, founding pastors, they're, they're special. They're tough, and they're adaptable, and they know how to roll with the punches, and they keep coming back for more, and that described the Apostle Paul. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 11, he says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a day and a night I was adrift at sea, frequent journeys in danger from rivers, robbers, my own people, Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches. You know, founding pastors are exceptional. 
And they need to be, because founding a church is not easy. A 40-hour week and go home and watch television doesn't cut it. You know, I think of my dad as the founding pastor of our church and how often he would come from one job and come home and have dinner with us, kiss us goodnight, and while we were sleeping, he'd go to another job and he worked two and three jobs and then be a pastor during the day so he could provide for the needs of the family and the needs of the church. Several times that we as a family sold our home and had to move into a corner of the church building so that the funds could be used. And, and that's, just, that, that's just what a founding pastor does. They're exceptional. And sometimes, folks, it can wear you down. And you can begin to wonder if you really are where God wants you to be. And we will go on to see next week. The Apostle Paul went through that, and God graciously provided sufficient answers for the Apostle Paul. We're in 1 Corinthians here on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layden Sheely. If you'd like to review past programs, find out more about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, or this radio ministry, Study Verse by Verse, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then we invite you to come back again Monday as we'll pick up where we left off here in 1 Corinthians and Acts chapter 18 as our study of 1 Corinthians continues on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.